<laughs> um, once again, I'm Julie. I'm Diana. And I'm Eliana. All right. So if you guys heard in the last episode, which we hope you did, um, in episode seven, we based our topics around fight or flight and Stockholm syndrome and just kind of how our brains work with everything we deal with from our childhood to, you know, present day. So we're going to kind of continue today's episode with the same topic. We've spoken about the triggers. We've spoken about fight or flight. And today we're going to kind of figure out how do we put our heads above water and kind of keep it there as we move along in life. So let's first start with kind of doing the hard work and just unlearning and rewiring our brains. Um, How would you guys say that we change our narratives when we encounter situations, as we kind of mentioned in the previous episode? I would say through consistency. I feel like consistency can really change a situation. Um, Obviously, I feel... I've heard before, like, it takes, like, seven days or X amount of days to break a habit. Or maybe 21. I'm, like, way off. 7 to 21. But um, however many days it takes, it takes to break a habit. And then from there, just being consistent and continuing on with what you know is right for you. I think that'll be the difference between two situations. How do you feel? I agree with her. I think, um, I don't know how long it takes. It's 21. Well, it could be, yeah, 21 days. Uh, Yeah, whichever. But I think that the consistency and just like, and also discipline, you have to be disciplined with yourself in order to really, truly want to break like old habits, um, things that you're already used to, people that you're already used to. So, yeah, consistency and discipline, I think, go. I think also figuring out how things or people make us feel is a big part of it too. Like, You can be consistent with changing your own actions or changing how something affects you, but people around you in your environment will also affect you. So I think it's a matter of also putting yourself or not putting yourself in certain situations will also help you kind of determine how your brain reacts to certain situations. Agreed. Um, And another thing, too, you know how people always say, like, oh, my home is like my safe haven, like. I feel like specifically for me, like I've lived in multiple apartments and I feel like some apartments have felt like home more than others. So I feel like, you know, how people say like home is a, what is it? Where the heart it's is? a feeling, not a place, something oh. like that. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Home yes, is a yes, feeling. Yes, yes. Um, so I think that's another thing, too. We have to let our brains know like this is a safe space. And sometimes people's homes don't feel like a safe space. So, um, again, I guess it has to do with the environment. Um, but true. another thing, too, that I feel like happens to us is worst case scenarios get the best of our thoughts and actions so Mm -hmm. why do you guys think that our brains just kind of go to the extremes I know my reasoning because obviously I there's things I'm afraid of but why do you guys think I think I think mine's just trauma based I feel like that's kind of what like I've known a lot of my entire life based off of like trauma and things that have already happened yeah and like I kind of I don't want to say I'm psychic I'm not going to say that. But sometimes when you kind of already know what's going to happen, you kind of just prepare yourself for that as well, whether it's good or bad. And I tend to do that. Like, I tend to just, like, overanalyze situations that have never happened. So in the case it does happen, I'm prepared for it, whatever reaction I get. So, yeah. It's interesting you said that. So you just said you're preparing yourself for what's to come. How do you change the outcome of something? I just face it. You just? (laughs) Okay. I just face it. I feel like for me, if I jump to the worst case scenario, it doesn't get any worse than that. So I'm preparing myself for what could be the worst. And if it's 
if it's actually better than the worst case scenario, if it doesn't go to that extent, mm -hmm. then I'm okay. Right. And if it gets to that extent, to the worst it can be, then I'm okay as well because I already prepped myself for it. Right. But I think that's also a horrible trait to have. But I feel like as humans, it's inevitable to kind of... I mean, as much as, like, I will myself to believe everything is fine and dandy, there's always, like, that little part of me that's always going to jump to that part. I'll never let that overpower it, but that's there, like, tucked under my belt when needed. I can think about an example. I think maybe we should name examples as to, like, how we jump into extremes. So I know, for example, that if my mom or my dad call me and I miss their call, Right. It could just be like, hey, like, I'm just checking in to see how you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, logically, that's what like they, mm -hmm. they usually do. My brain is like, oh, my God, my dad broke his head open. My mom had a heart attack. My sister got like ran over by a car. Something like really, really bad. Like my brain just tends to go there immediately. Mm -hmm. And I, I have like that anxiety that I have to call them back like immediately. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I do that with a lot of other people, too. Like if someone calls me like you're calling me for a reason, I don't think you're calling me just to check up on me. I think you're calling That's me because, I say, like... I never want to miss somebody's call. Because yeah, and I'm just, just like, I know. think something is wrong. And then other, they're like, wait, I'm just calling you. Just I miss you. Like, hi, what's up? And I'm just like, I, I don't have time for this. I got to go. Are you okay? Yeah. something happened. Yeah. That's my, like, I guess, me jumping to, like, over-extreme scenarios. I think for me, I... I mean, I'll give my example, but I think the reason why people think of worst-case scenarios, which I don't really feel like I do that, well, I also don't think so. You, I was just about to say, no, you don't think. Um, I think in the in the cases that I've done it, I think my mind just kind of goes there to prepare myself to, like, fight for my life, I guess, in a sense. like To, okay. so, like, brace the fall. Yeah, to brace the fall, <clears throat> yeah. Like, the only thing I can think of is, like, water, for example. Like, I see what I'm about to get myself into. Like, I know most details of what I'm going to get myself into. And then I need to know, like, okay, this isn't going to feel good, but you're just going to do it. Like, this is a pep talk I give myself. I don't okay. think worst case scenario, like, the water's going to suck me in. But, like, yeah, I do know that I'm about to enter into a not the best experience. Like but a, that's what I'm telling myself. But it might be the best experience. Like a forbidden territory. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't go there. But, like, you know what? I need to face my fear and I kind of just do it. But I don't think I think that I'm going to, like, crack my head open. Oh. Yikes. <laughs> so if anyone knows me knows I'm terrified of dogs, even though I've gotten better over the years, like a lot, but quirky. Yeah, he's like, he's OK better. now. Um, I've gotten better over the years, but my fear, my worst case scenario was that they were going to bite my leg off. Like if it's one thing I thought about was like a dog is going to bite me. And usually if people are fearful of something, it's because something has happened to them. <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> It's because something has happened to them, like trauma. They already know what that might feel like. So with me, with dogs, I've never been bitten. So it's like, how do I know that it's going to even hurt? I mean, yeah. it's going to hurt. but it, it, It'll sting. But it's like, I feel like it's every time I have to tell somebody I'm scared of dogs, I feel stupid because it's like, oh, no. has, there, has anything ever happened to you? And all I can say is no. No, there's a lot of people out there that are terrified of dogs. I'm scared of my parents' dog. It's a little shih tzu. Yeah, I'm terrified right. of him. Yeah, but Nico's like... Yeah, Nico's but, no, but like, you shouldn't... I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but like, you shouldn't have to feel ashamed for being scared of something. Some people are scared of water. Some people are scared of... I dogs. Know, earth. Some people... Are, see, I'm terrified of space. You space, don't like bugs. I hate bugs, but like, space-wise, like, I know it's stupid to say, and I'm probably going off topic, but I am terrified of space. Like, terrified. Like, you don't know what's out there. You don't know what's in the water. Okay, right. But that's why, I, but I can like put my feet in, like knowing the fact that like I'm okay there. If I go into space, like I am nothing. You know what that's part of? Don't you give me, no don't control. give me a word. Oh, okay. Control. Give me a that's word. what it is. 
there is just an open yeah, world open of field. nothing. The unknown. <clears throat> yeah, that's scary. A bunch of nothingness. I don't know what I'm afraid of. Nothing. I, no, I, I really, I mean, the dark. Like, I feel like if I'm in the dark by myself for a long period of time, I'm, I'm afraid. You literally sit at home in the dark. I do, but I'm familiar with my environment. If I was somewhere unfamiliar, that'd be different. But for the most part, I think that's kind of like where my head goes. Mm. Just the dark, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I have bad eyesight as, that, as it is. So, I mean, it's pretty dark over here. Um, so, why don't we switch gears? And talk yeah, about we just got a little mysterious. <laughs> so let's switch gears and let's talk about, I guess, how we feel within our fight or flight when it comes down to relationships and versus actual fear. Um, I think sometimes when we kind of stay in a relationship where it's kind of just easier to detach rather than unlearn a fear, I think that's something that as humans we tend to fight with. It's like a constant battle. So my question, I guess, to you guys is, do you guys think that comfort in a relationship is easier to drift from rather than facing your fears? Yes. So, you, okay, that's even, let's do it trickier. If you are in a relationship with somebody, right, and you're comfortable with them, like you know everything about them, and you're, it's so hard for you to leave, right? Mm-hmm. Aren't you technically facing a fear by leaving? Yeah. Well, I think there's... I think a- I just fucked myself over by that. Yeah, I, have I, just- an answer. I have an answer for that. Okay. So I'd rather let go of somebody mm-hmm. and, and face my fear of letting them go. So she chooses the other route as opposed yeah. to like me and you might just stick to the person. So my thing is that like I... When I'm in a relationship with somebody, I'm always scared of leaving mm-hmm. because I don't want to face what's coming afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to face the loneliness of having okay. to like start up again and stuff like that. So... I have to challenge the fact that I'm comfortable with this person, but I also have to face the fact that, like, you know, I'm not going to be with this person, and that's my fear, that I have to leave it. So I have to challenge my comfort. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that you have to challenge your comfort Mm -hmm. and face your fear. And face my fear. Okay. Yeah. Like, facing my fear of, like, I planned my entire life with this person, and now the future is not happening anymore. So now I have to be comfortable knowing the fact that I have to face that. I think I could kind of wrap everything together. I think for me, it's not so much like I need to get comfortable with what's coming without this person. Right. I'm My fear is... Well, it's kind of the same thing. My fear this is just word. getting into the routine of not having this person. Okay. For one, dealing with the heart and the heartache of a heartbreak. Heartache. <laughs> The pain of a heartbreak, for one, I don't want to deal with that. I think that's one of the biggest fears. And then two, just you're in a routine with this person, talking to them every day, seeing them, all that stuff. So then night to day, you're just they're just not in your life anymore. Yeah, that's scary. It is super scary because now your normalcy is just it's not that anymore. It's like, scary. I feel like I can make myself like terrified knowing the fact that I have to live now without that person. I don't know if it's terrifying. I mean, like, I, I, well, I, I guess like fish in the sea. Uh, the, the fishes are dying. <laughs> I'm not going in the water. Anyway, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think that because let's just move on because then I'm just going to go down a rabbit hole and I, I moved on from that part of my life. No, I mean, heartbreak is a real thing. And I think that's one of the and that's why I've been saying for the past almost three years, I don't want to go through it again. Yeah. Like, people who've never gone through a heartbreak, like, that's amazing. Obviously, there's different types of heartbreaks, mm-hmm. but relationship heartbreaks just hit different. And I don't want to go through that because just the thought of being with someone temporarily 
you're literally getting your body and your mind used to someone, something, yes. and then you have to unlearn it. You're literally fully unlearning a whole human. It's like withdrawal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because you get addicted to their personality, their love, their, I mean, the list goes on. So Their routine, everything. Yes, that's exactly what I'm like petrified about. And I, I've gone through it, they which is why I faced you're it. Petrified. <laughs> I mean, that's what I I didn't want, which is why I I went through it. You know, I, I but I was just scared of the fact that like I, I think what I'm scared about again is the fact that like you know obviously I do want to be with somebody you know in the future whenever the time comes. But I think the fact that I have to get comfortable with them and start up that whole process again. You you don't like starting. That's over. what scares me. I have a question for you. Earlier, you said a lot of your, um, let's see, what was it? Your worst case scenarios come from trauma based, right? Mm -hmm. Your past experiences. Mm -hmm. Would you say that the same goes for relationships? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like for sure. you go into a new relationship knowing that like, shit, like I'm probably going to lose you at some point. Yeah. So like I'm scared. Yes. So, yeah. So yeah. You always but I always try, but in my relationships, I always try to live in the moment with them. Mm -hmm. You know, I always try to be present. I, I try my best at least to like be present and like experience them and experience whatever I'm going through. But I always know in the back of my head like this. It's too good to be true. That, but, you know, I think I have to take myself away from that mindset. I was like, you know, I always think that this is just going to be temporary. Mm -hmm. Because people are temporary, mm -hmm. you know? And as much as you want it to stay forever, like, my mindset is like, I want to be with you forever in this life and in the next life. doesn't mm -hmm. matter what it is. But logistically speaking, that's not going to happen. Right. We don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Either. And that's You scary. could reconnect with the person from the past or you could just yeah, no. end up alone. Like, we don't know I'm what's going to happen. But I think to tie back the last episode, we spoke about Stockholm Syndrome. And a lot of times, and I'm going to bring up like DV cases again, people stay in toxic relationships because that's their comfort. That's all they've known. That's what they fully learned. Yeah. So they're more scared to leave that and have to basically relearn who they are, who they need to grow to be. Like it's, I mean, growth is scary and just learning something new is scary. So mm -hmm. um, I feel like relationships is definitely a big one. But just to end, I guess, this topic on a good note, even though growth is scary, growth is an amazing thing. It's also, I think the reason why it's scary is because you have control over it. Yeah. You have mm -hmm. control of your own growth. Mm -hmm. So you could do whatever the hell you want. That's what my therapist said. The moment that you have control of what you want to do with your life, mm -hmm. it is the scariest thing. But once you're on the other side of growth, like once X amount of years has passed from like when you first started your mm -hmm. journey to growth. Yeah. And you're on the other side and you look back, that's the best feeling. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting past the, uh, the hurdle. Mm -hmm. And but, then you realize, like, it's really not that hard. It, like, you just you just do it. Like, it, it's kind of like breath work after a while. Like, once you get into your routine, once you're consistent, it just becomes, like, second nature. Like, imagine, like, you're taking certain steps to growing at the moment, right? It's hard. It's hard in the beginning. Yeah. But once you get used to it, it's kind of like you forget that you're doing all these things to grow. And you look back 10 years later yeah. and you're like, wow, OK, so this really wasn't that hard. It was like. Yeah. And, but in the moment, work. it's hard because you're putting in the work in that moment. In the moment. So once that moment has passed, like you said, yeah, yeah. it's like you look and back and you're just like. It could be years. So yeah. that's that's the scary part. You could kind of think of Petrified. it. You could kind of think of it like working out. Like in the first few weeks, it's going to be difficult, right? You're going to have to like mentally tell yourself like you gotta go you gotta do it you're gonna have to do things that you don't want to do it's gonna be a learning process there's gonna be curveballs you might get hurt but a year down the line you're gonna look back and you're gonna see the progress and you're gonna all the things that were hard in the beginning it's not gonna be hard anymore so <laughs> me with my knee surgery pretty much <laughs>
Even though still, you buckle. Yeah, but I've gotten better. Um, okay, so I think, I mean, that pretty much covers relationships. So let's kind of revert back to ourselves and our emotions. You guys know I'm always talking about emotional independence and just like being intelligent and just knowing and learning your emotions. Um, so what do you guys think you've done in the past year or so to kind of become more emotionally intelligent with yourselves and even just like in interactions with other people? You want to go? Sure. Um, I feel like before it was easy to place my happiness into other people's hands, even though I'd talk myself out of doing that. But sometimes old habits die hard and, and that would kind of sneak in. Um, but I feel like I've really made that a point and I've been more consistent with that than ever before. And that in turn has kind of led me to be to being more emotionally independent and more satisfied just by being me. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and just by like my progress instead of the collective. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice. How about you? That's nice. <laughs> no, that's good. Like that's, that's um, a good way to, to word everything. I mean, I feel like for the most part, I've always been emotionally independent. I think the intelligence part is still a process that I think it's more so based on other people and just me understanding other people's emotions. Because I'm I mean, I'm a crier. Like, I feel like I do really well with knowing what I'm feeling Mm -hmm. in that moment, how something is going to make me feel or whatever the case is. Like, I do pretty well with understanding it Um, because I feel my I feel my feels always. But I think the emotional intelligence part is just understanding other people's emotions and how their emotions may affect me. Right. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, I think that emotionally, well, emotional independence wise, I think that I've always tried to cater to other people's emotions and how they would feel and how they would like react to certain things or like certain scenarios and stuff. And I think that, you know, for the past couple of months or so, I've definitely just letting people rock. I, I, I don't want to be feeling what they're feeling. I don't want to do that. Like, whether that's sad, happiness, whatever, because I can't conclude what they, like, you know, what what Mm -hmm. they're feeling. I can't. Mm -hmm. So I think I just let people rock, and I'm like, okay, it is what it is. Like, you know, if you need me, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that I'm learning to channel my own emotions and how I present those emotions to others instead of me just wilding out. Mm -hmm. I think I just, like, I let people rock. I'm like, okay, it is what it is. Um, As for emotional intelligence? Yes. Um, I think I'm just still learning about that. Like you said, like I think learning from other people who are much more wiser with their emotions, who are much more connected with their emotions. I think learning from them and then taking their advice, like their solutions, and then, you know, putting it into my life. I think that's something I'm still learning. You know, I'm, I'm encountering people every single day. As you guys know, with my job and stuff like that, I encounter different emotions every single day. Mm-hmm. So I think learning how they carry on their emotions with their daily life and daily like, just their daily lives basically is something that I just learned. You know, I always used to be like, you know, I have to be in a bad mood or I have to be like in a stern or strict mood or whatever with myself in order to not get so involved. But then when I realized that I'm living life for me, I think that's when I started just opening up more, but also conserving what I need to place an emotion in. Mm -hmm. And I think um, also while you were talking, I thought of something. Um, Oh, with being an empath, like I'm the biggest feeler, even though I really don't show it. I literally feel everything somebody's going through, maybe even times 10, like more than that person. Um, So I think I've like I feel like I've kind of gotten more of a hold on that and just like not letting it affect me to the extent that it would affect me before. 
because before it was like almost debilitating, like mentally, like uh, externally, you would never know. But internally, it was fucking me up. So, yeah, I think with um, like emotions, we tend to subconsciously depend on other people to make us feel something. Um, Placing our happiness in somebody into somebody else's hands. I think that's something that. Yeah. And I think that's something Mm -hmm. we can probably all work on. And again, we probably don't realize when we're doing it, but we might do it in friendships and relationships, even like our family, like, you know, like the whole term of disappointment or like people letting us down, like you create these invisible expectations out of people like, oh, you know, why I know they're going to make me happy or, you know, they just have a hold on you and control over you that you don't even know. So it's like you said, once you have control over you and your emotions, like the game has changed. So. Yeah. And I think a big part of, of like dividing it with family, it's boundaries. But boundaries with everybody, right? Boundaries with friendships, with family, et cetera. I think I've gotten a dumb pack with family now. I'm just yeah. But I mean my friend in my friendships, they don't really overstep that line. It's just with family it's easier. So boundaries. So with everything that we spoke about, I think a good way to kind of wrap up this topic is by playing a video that Diana found, um, which kind of just summarizes everything that we spoke about and how we're willing to unlearn what's coming, but especially how long it will take to do that. Okay, I'm playing right now. If I've been doing something for 15 years, it's not going to take me a year to unlearn to do that shit. Just like riding a bike. Like when you just happen to get on a bike after not riding for five years and you miraculously can ride that motherfucker again. Same shit. The brain is a muscle too. Muscle memory ain't no different up there. So it's a lot trickier to unlearn shit that is toxic behaviors, especially when they've seemed normal for you for most of your life. Oof. Especially the last part. Because I think what I mentioned before in the last episode, like I feel like if it's something that you've known your entire life, Mm Even though for like outsiders, it's like that's toxic to you. That's not toxic to you. That's a way of life. Yeah. Literally. It's your lifestyle. So I think that tied in perfectly as to like that was like unlearning what seems to others toxic, but to them it's comfort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how we've just reacted over time. And I guess to kind of flip the switch, like let's put ourselves in our own shoes a few years ago or in a certain situation where we had to either fight for our lives or we reacted a certain way that maybe today we're not so proud of um, or just like didn't act accordingly and like now we reflect back and it's like you could have did that better or like whatever the case is. I know for me a perfect example was when I moved back home after my last apartment and I was Mm -hmm. living at home with my parents. Um, I won't get into too much detail but um, my mom and I didn't have the best relationship. And it was probably one of the hardest times of my life, I would say. And that was only, what, like a year and a half ago. So it's pretty recent. Um, And I think in many situations where her and I would, quote unquote, try to have a discussion, I either would completely shut off. um, I would respond back in a way where I just told her how I felt, obviously disregarding the fact that she's like my mother. Like, I just felt like I could have done that better. But in the same token, I feel like she could have approached the situation better. So, again... A lot of my emotions in that moment were depending on her and how she made me feel and how greatly my mother affected me and my emotions, Mm -hmm. especially because I was in such a vulnerable space. I wasn't in my comfort. Right. I was living at home. I was out of my I was so used to living 
by myself. So it's I'm already in an uncomfortable space and you're entering my uncomfortable space. So I feel like the boundaries thing, it was like super crossed and it put me in a space where it's like, I need to fight. I don't give a shit how I'm going to do it. But like, I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'm going to run away from the house. Like, I just went into such a toxic and dark place. This is that fight or flight. Yeah, because I didn't know what else to do. I'd never been in that situation. I wasn't inspecting it. It wasn't trauma. I didn't experience it. So it's like, shit. But now that I did go through it, obviously I never want to go through that again. I don't wish it on anybody. Um, In any event, I know now how to approach that situation differently because I've like unlearned and learned um, from that. Yeah. That's actually pretty smart. Yeah. That's good. That's tough. That's shitty. Yeah, I can imagine. You were you guys were <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Um, I think one, I was actually gonna mention something about someone that I was involved with, but I think that the first thing that came in my head was actually my aggression. I think that before, like many, many years ago, and you guys also know this as well, I was very aggressive, especially how the way I talk to people and the way how I approach people. Um and I remember Laura one time she sent me a video that we were like like us and like a couple of friends and we were out like just having fun or whatever. And I remember in the background, like I was um like there's this guy that was talking or whatever. And I just remember I was cursing him out so bad. And it was just like a regular conversation. But the way that I talked, I was like, fuck you, motherfucker. Like, what the fuck is your problem? Don't f-. just like going off. Nasty. And I was like, and now that I like I hear it, I'm just like. I would have slapped the shit out of myself if, like, like I would have had someone slap the shit out of me if someone talked to me like that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it was just so, like, nasty and so, like, oh, my God. The fact that, like, no one told me, like, Diana, like, you need to chill. I was like, oh, my God. So, I guess just to tie everything up, I think that how I reacted before, <clears throat> how I react now, I think that I would just take things not so personal or I would just not take things where, like, I feel like people are just constantly out to attack me and hurt me. Mm, yep, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Not everyone's out to get you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't know about that, but... I think... <laughs> In this scenario, I'm just saying, Oh, like, okay. I think with me, one of, I guess one of the biggest things I could think of, I could think back to was the whole friendship that I mentioned that I had back in high school or whatever. Um... I would have slapped the pendeja that I was. Like, I wish I could slap her so bad. But it kind of goes back to not being emotionally independent. And I let my emotions dictate what happened with that. And I made some poor choices. I'm not going to go into it. I made some poor choices, and I definitely hurt people um, by maintaining this friendship. Um, And it's all because I wasn't emotionally intelligent. And I let what felt good to me ruined something that was actually good for me. That's a good point. That's good to recognize. It's a lot of shit, but it's called Mm self-reflection and acknowledgement. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest part of it all. And the biggest part of just being emotionally intelligent is with yourself, just acknowledging your emotions, how your emotions and actions affect others and just self-reflection and knowing that your point of view will not always be somebody else's point of view. In every scenario, obviously, everyone has their sides of the story, but people have different emotions, and we have to be open to understanding and accepting, I guess, how they feel. Like, obviously, we don't have to agree, but um, in a sense, that's kind of, like, what I've learned, I feel, and I wasn't too good at that before, so. Right. Um, But I think this kind of ties everything together. Yeah. Yeah. I think For this is sure. a good topic of like reflection and just growing and like 
entering this a new era, <laughs> entering a new era in our lives. And just like, you know, I'm pretty sure 20 year old us would not be having this conversation so easily right mm-hmm. now. 20 year old me would have been open to it. I just didn't have the resource to like mm. I didn't have the place to. The no, I'd probably place. be cursing like Diana. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would not. I'd probably be drinking my sorrows away. I would not. Because I used to, okay, I probably still because I because I remember at that time like before I used to use alcohol as like my escape like yeah. I used to drink so much mm-hmm. so much that my mom put me in AA <laughs> for like a month but anyway that's besides the point um, yeah I think this is a good topic I think that we definitely reflected a lot I think we're definitely growing <laughs> as people <laughs> I don't know what's happening and uh, clearly old habits die hard Eliana's like, just bursting out of laughter so we're still working on that. Yeah, um, through the pain. But anyways, <laughs> let's move into the rule of life. The rule of life. <laughs> I'm waiting to see if she remembers. Wait for it, Diana. I'm just, I'm rocking. I'm just chilling. The rule of life. <laughs> Elena, there's nothing funny about this rule of life, bro. Be fucking for real. The rule of life for this episode, Eliana, is get your shit together right now because once we we once we rehear this episode, you're gonna be like, I wish I never left. Oh my god, that was deep. <laughs> the rule of life for this episode is be sure that people happen for you, not to you, and that's it. Bam, I like it. Drops okay. mic, like it. Speaking of dropping mic, give us our uh, Emmys. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to us. We really appreciate it. And again, if you haven't followed us, we are on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. So go ahead and click subscribe. Um, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye. Peace out. Bye.